Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Road to Medical Sales podcast. Please rate us and leave us a review so that we can continue to grow and impact as many lives as possible. This podcast will also be featured on our YouTube channel. Just search for Legacy Now Coaching in YouTube, and you can watch this podcast on there. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking to Matt Vesseling. Matt graduated from the University of Arizona with a bachelor's degree in marketing. Before Matt broke into medical sales, he worked on the West Coast marketing team for McDonald's. He got to help firsthand with their TV and radio ads. Then, he started interning for a sales company called DriveTime. After that, he broke into medical sales. He started out as an associate sales rep with little experience and almost a non-existent knowledge of the medical field. As an associate rep, Matt shattered his numbers and was promoted to a full-line medical sales representative in under one year. He now manages one of the largest territories in Arizona for shoulder arthroplasty. So let's dive right into it. Matt, how did you break into the medical sales arena? Tell us your story. Sure. So I actually got into medical sales. Uh, It was my first job right out of college, which is Kind of surprising to a lot of people, especially to the surgeons where I'm in their operating room. Um, but really how it worked for me was uh, was I knew I wanted to get into medical sales and I knew that that was probably a long shot, but I was going to go for it anyways. So um, how I started was just on LinkedIn, just messaging who I could, connecting with who I could uh, in the medical industry. And then as well, just exhausting all my options um, with connections, people I knew. Um, and, you know, after all of that, I still got a, a lot of no's and I uh, pretty much had gotten to the point where I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to work for uh, just a, a sales company who's going to do some tech sales. That's the the job I got from, you know, the usual route where you go to a uh, college, um, uh, you know, where, where you medical you, sales you, college or no, not even medical sales college, but where you just go to your uh, career fair and, and oh, yeah. you know, meet a bunch of companies. And then I got some, some offers through there. So that's what I was going to do tech sales. And then, um, still on the side, you know, pushing LinkedIn, just trying, trying to get that opportunity. And finally, sure enough, I, I got a hit and, uh, and it was, uh, a, a guy that, that really, we went to coffee and we just clicked and, um, and he, he gave me a shot. So yeah. that's awesome. So I'm, I'm curious, you know, what are your recommendations for others that are just trying to get that interview? Sure. You know, and maybe more so what should they not do when they're reaching out to people? Sure. Yeah. What should they do? So I, I think we, we kind of talked about this a little bit earlier, but just, just sending out your resume is enough. You know, we're, we're in an information age now where there's a lot of stuff, you know, it's very easy to just press a button and send your resume over. So if you can do it, anybody can. Um, you, you got to go above and beyond and really reach out on a personal level. And some people don't want to hear that, but that's, that's what our job is anyways, as medical sales professionals is, you know, getting a, getting your point across to people who probably don't want to hear it from you. So, um, that's the number one thing I I would say kind of, uh, for people trying to break in is just make, make yourself different from what everyone else is doing. You know, think, think outside the box. How are you going to make that personal connection? And why is this person going to go out of their way to, to help you. I agree. And I, I related back to the sales process as well. So whenever I'm going in there, I try to bring an emotional connection to the table yep. and let them know that I'm really grateful to be there and bring a lot of energy and passion to the table. But Absolutely. I'm, but I'm also at, you know, asking them, I'd really be grateful if you'd give me the opportunity 
to trial me in the operating room, you know, something of that nature, sure. but bringing that same kind of vibe into reaching out to people on sure. LinkedIn is just going to pull the heartstrings of those people and they may give you an opportunity. Sure. Yep. So anything during the interview process that you did differently, maybe a lot of it came natural, but yeah, I would say a lot of it came natural. I, I really enjoy interviewing and, um, and, you know, asking questions about a company and then figuring out how I can kind of plug and play my asset or my skill set to, uh, to be an asset for the company. Yeah. Um, but I, I would say that what helped me, um, it was tough because I didn't have any sales experience really. I mean, I, I had three internships throughout college, um, that, that I really was, I had come into these companies and actually made an impact. And, um, and so I had stories for each of the three of, of how I, uh, really made an impact on some of the, sometimes national levels uh, of these companies. And so having that story and, uh, and that kind of wake of, of success just from my three internships really helped me to, to kind of uh, be successful in these interviews. Yeah. So you use storytelling and really kind of painted the picture. Absolutely. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Did you do the infamous um, interview in front of the camera? You know, I didn't. I oh. I was uh, grandfathered in before that. I guess it, that is I think awesome. I think probably six six to eight months after they hired me, that was implemented. So I'm glad because I don't <laughs> I don't do well in front of a camera usually. <laughs> That's awesome, but storytelling is huge. Yeah, you've got to relate it to your skill set, even if your skill set is small. Yeah. Right? So, in addition to that, uh, as we're kind of going through your progression. So you became an associate rep. Mm -hmm. What was that experience like for those that are about to become an associate sure, rep sure. out yeah. there in the field? Uh, you know, it, it was uh, pretty similar to pledging a fraternity, you know, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but you start out kind of bottom of the totem pole, right? Like you don't have, you know, unless, unless you've been hired as an associate from a, uh, from a different company where you had some medical background or sales background, you're usually coming into an associate role because you don't have that medical background. So you are lost. I mean, essentially lost. Um, and the way you find your way is by doing all of the work that the reps don't want to do and, uh, and slowly, slowly building up your experience from there and until the point where they can trust you with, with things that you know really matter. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of my initial experience as an associate. And then obviously, you know, once you guys started to gain trust in me, um, I was able to kind of take on more rep roles and, um, and take on more important roles in the company versus just running retractors at night, things yeah. like that. But, but yeah. super important part of the team. Oh, for sure. To make sure yeah. everything goes smoothly. Yeah. If you don't have the right retractors in the room, that surgeon's going to be upset and Absolutely. you could lose that business. You can lose it fast. Yep. Yep. And plus you're starting to engage with the surgeons. You're mm -hmm. getting to know them on a personal level and starting to feel what it's like to communicate with them because they're, they're smart dudes and every one of them right. has different personalities. Right? right. Yep. So you moved up the ladder pretty quick. I think you were promoted under a year yep. to a sales rep, which yep. is amazing. And I'm sure there's a lot of associate reps out there or even people that haven't broken in yet that want to make a fast transition from an sure. associate rep to a, to a full line rep. Yep. What do you think they should do? Well, I'd say for your mental health, uh, you know, <laughs> take your time Yeah, <laughs> because jumping into the role that quickly, uh, from associate to, to rep, uh, definitely was, was challenging. And I had many sleepless nights, 
Um, I checked myself into the ER one time, uh, thinking I was having a heart attack, but I was just stressed out. So I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, it, it's definitely very stressful, but, um, I would say, I would say to, to move up the ladder that fast, you've really just got to be a hard worker. I mean, at the, at the very least, that's what you got to be. You got to be that person where if, if your reps, as you're an ASR, if, if your reps call you, you pick up the phone, no questions asked, what do you need? I'll handle it. You know, you got to be that person first and foremost. Then from there you can, um, you can start to learn maybe some kind of products that are on the periphery, like not, not the main products that the rep sells every single day. But like for me, it was our radial head and our biologics that I, I started realizing that our reps that were so focused on shoulders, they didn't really have the full all around knowledge of these other products. So I was like, all right, well, I'll be, I'll be that guy that just knows all the ins and outs of those products so that my reps need me. They got to call me when they have questions about, about these other products. So I may not be the shoulder guy right away, but, but I'll be the elbow guy, you know? So pick something like that to focus on. I think that led to your fast progression Mm -hmm. because the manager saw that you were resourceful, Mm -hmm. hardworking as heck, and just wanted to give you an opportunity because you had been in the trenches and you'd worked so hard. You sure. kind of deserved it. Right. Yeah. No, I felt that way. You never know these opportunities just from attrition, just from right. people leaving, you just open up and or you work so hard. The manager just wants to make an opportunity for you. I mean, it's, it's amazing what this industry can provide right. if you just, that's, that is another way that it can happen. And, and, uh, I, I feel like we really haven't seen that yet with our team, but, but if an associate rep goes out and just kicks butt and, Build the territory for themselves. Like, what is your manager going to do? Tell you that's not your territory? Exactly. You, you can build it for yourself. Yeah. Um, now, when you're when you're an associate, you usually have a ton of other stuff going on, and you don't really have the full time to do that. But that is another way that you can kind of progress quickly. So, and then you you crushed it as a rep. I mean, you were number eight, I think, in the nation for biologic mm-hmm. sales, and you've got a big territory. Mm-hmm. I think it's pretty massive. Yeah. If I, if I'm right. And how do you control that? You know, what's different about it? You know, for those that are maybe going right into that rep role and they're a little bit scared and not sure how to handle it, any recommendations for them? So for me, it was nice actually, because um, if you remember, I went down to Tucson first, which is a little bit of a smaller, more manageable territory. So bear down. It, it was kind of, yeah, bear down. It was kind of like a fast track in, uh, how to be a rep. It was like how to be a rep one-on-one when I went down to Tucson, I was alone down there with no, no help really, you know, manager would drive down every once in a while. But, um, I really was just alone down there trying to figure out how to run a territory, but luckily it wasn't too crazy, you know, a couple cases a week. Um, now I'm in a position where it's multiple cases a day, lots of moving parts, um, you know, a lot of different personalities. Like you said, all my doctors have different personalities. I've got to figure out how to uh, manage all of those and, and keep them all happy. So, um, yeah, for, for someone that's just coming in, into that role, I I would just say, take a, take a step back, um, write things down and, and keep, you know, really, really good notes because, you may think you'll remember how one surgeon does their case and, and their whole, you know, surgical flow. And then you go do two more cases with the next guy. And then the one that you thought you knew books a case and you go in there and you start running it like the other surgeon. They're like, what the heck's going on here? You know, and, yeah. and it really makes for a bad case. So 
um, take extensive notes, make sure you know what all your surgeons prefer, um, where they're at in, in what products they use. I mean, we've got old products and new products. Some surgeons, you think you can order in a new product and then they're like, what the heck is this? I, I don't use this. So, um, it's good to have those conversations with your surgeons and really make sure you, you have it all ironed out what their preferences are. That's such a good point. You can start doing that as an associate rep, yeah, start absolutely. taking notes and start pre- prepping yourself. Yep. But it's such a transfer of responsibility. So you're just covering cases, making sure that the senior rep is taken care of as an associate. But when you become the rep, you know, there's a little bit more to it. You're right. also, you're doing that, but you're also trying to make sure the relationship is strong. Right. You're, you're building a deeper relationship with these surgeons. And Absolutely. You've done what, what I do as well. And of course, you know, within the company boundaries of expensing, but you've mm-hmm. taken your doctors out to dinner sure, for business yeah. purposes. And sometimes that adds to building a good relationship totally. with the doc, right? Totally. Absolutely. Yep. So, yeah. Yeah. Building that personal relationship is, is huge too with your, with your doctors. Yeah. Um, I was just at a meeting today with one of our reps and uh, we built some great rapport having, you know, a really long conversation, personal conversation, not, not pertaining to the surgical stuff at all. Um, and we walked away and he looked at me and he goes, that was awesome. I just feel, I feel so much more comfortable with my position now with, you know, it's one of his biggest surgeons, uh, that, that he's kind of taken on. Um, so having that personal connection really can make, make things uh, a huge difference. Yeah. Yeah. Some of the best reps that I know personally, Mm -hmm. uh, go to dinner with their doctors and, you know, they spend better half of the first 30 minutes, just building rapport, just right. getting to know them on a personal level. Of course, there's a time and a place for the business, but right. So this is my favorite part. <laughs> what about your funniest story in the operating room or just in medical sales sure. in general? So I warned you, this is one of, uh, it might be close to home because it was, uh, it was actually Scott's surgeon. Um, <laughs> and, and I was an ASR covering for him. And this was when I was pretty new, I was pretty green. And, uh, and I knew, I knew some things about some products, but I would by no means call myself an expert. And actually, the the product that I was covering, um, I really had never got my hands on it. I read through the surgical technique, you know, the night before because I found out the night before I was going to be covering it, and uh, that was that was pretty much it. So I went in, and it's uh, we're doing a, a rotator cuff repair uh, with a specific product. And it's just not working. You know, we're doing everything by the book. I'm, I'm checking all his boxes. I'm, I'm telling him all the steps and, um, and it's just not grabbing what it was supposed to like it should. And, um, and so I made some calls. We went through the progression again, didn't work. So he trashed it and he goes, okay, bring me your, bring me your suture anchors. And I, I didn't even know we had suture anchors on the shelf. (laughs) So I'm like, great. I open up the box and, uh, and they're just all looking at me like, all right, what do we do next? What next? And I'm like, uh, I don't know. Don't you guys use suture anchors a lot? And they're like, <laughs> yeah, but this, we've never seen these before. And I'm like, well, why'd you ask for, <laughs> you know, ours are more but, complicated too. Yeah. Right. They are a little more complicated. So, um, at this point I'm, I'm mad because I'm like, why did my company put me in this situation where I, I've never been trained on this before. Um, but anyways, I'm still trying to get through it, but the scrub tech looks at me and he's like, Hey, I just, pull this. Right. And I'm like, yeah, okay. Scrub tech knows what he's doing. He's used suture anchors before. So I'm like, yeah, pull that. And then, you know, it all looks good. And then sure enough, it's still not working. So I make a few calls and, um, and Joey, one of our guys goes, Hey, yeah, you got, you got to put the uh, suture through the loop. There's a big loop on the back end, and I'm looking at it and, um, and the doctor's looking at it and he's like, there's no freaking loop. (laughs) 
there's no loop. And, uh, and sure enough, the loop is sitting on the back table. It's the part that I nodded at the scrub tech that he could rip off. Oh no. And I had nodded like in agreement, like, yeah, rip it off. Cause I thought he knew what he was doing and, uh, oh man, it was bad. So we had to waste that implant, open up a new one and do it fresh. So yeah. end result of the case was fine, but man, I was embarrassed and I was like frustrated with the company and um, I learned, I learned some good lessons that day. Like the number one lesson I learned was never go into a case underprepared. Um, you know, you always be overprepared, even if there's like a 2% chance that you're going to use a specific product, know your stuff. Yeah. Um, and then, and then second kind of thing I learned was just don't be that guy who you feel like you have to say yes for the, the case to progress quicker um, they would much rather you say, Hey, hold on. I'm not sure exactly. Let me make this call before I say yes. That way we don't burn a product, you know, or, or cost a lot more time and, and money. And you'll lose credibility if Absolutely. you say, yes, yeah. do this. And then- right. Right. So yeah, that was definitely my like most embarrassing story. Luckily it was with a really cool surgeon and, and he kind of forgave me and we laughed it off. But, uh, but yeah, man, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. And I think I remember, I think we ate the cost of right. that product. Right. Yeah. And that's a really good thing to do. Surgeons appreciate that when it's, when it's clearly your fault, just eat the cost yeah. Yeah. with manager approval, of course. But yeah, but yeah, man. And I was just having this conversation with somebody over the phone that I'm coaching about what to do to prep yourself to go cover cases. And I was like, one of the biggest things that you can do is try to get a mentor of course, watch the surgical techniques and go on view Medi mm-hmm. and familiarize yourself with the technique, but also get a good mentor and just ask, say, Hey, what is the most difficult part about this procedure or what mm-hmm. could go wrong? That's a great question to ask. Yeah. What could go wrong here and how do you troubleshoot it? And I used to do that when I was starting out and I would write all that down on a note card and I'd even, I mean, you do it as well. Yep. You have the note card listed out with bulletins of what comes next so that you're constantly thinking two to three steps mm-hmm. ahead of the time, but knowing what could hit the fan yeah, and absolutely. how to recover from it. That's is what crucial. makes a good rep. I mean, it, I've always said anybody can learn, you know, steps. It's like putting together Legos, right? Anybody can just learn, you know, 12 steps in a row. This is what you do. This is what you do. This is what you do. It's when the crap hits the fan that you're like, okay, now am I a good rep? Do I know what I'm doing? Do I know my anatomy? Do I know how my uh, implants and, and different um, instruments are, are meant to help get me out of this situation? Yeah. Uh, that's what makes a rep that, that surgeons trust, you know, not just telling them what comes next. Exactly. Even on top of that, if you have a hole in your tray... Do you have right. a, do you have a other, another right. solution? Can you figure out another right. solution? Can we do this case? That's the, that's what the last, the rep that, you know, before they ask the surgeon, can we do this case? And you're like, what am I going to do? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then on top, even more, if there's something the doctor needs and it's not a part of your toolkit, do you know where it's at in the hospital? Right. Like, can you find it? Right. That's, that's just being a true asset and a part yeah. of the team there. And that comes with time too. It's, it's, you know, it's hard because you you get into your rep role and and you see like another rep, maybe even a competitive rep and he knows his way around the hospital. He knows where everything is, sutures, all that kind of stuff. Man, I wish I was that guy. It's like, it'll come with time. I'm slowly, I'm still getting to that point where, but that's how you become really resourceful. I would say it comes from a humble soul, right? You've got to be willing to ask, you know, if you are in a hospital for the first time Mm -hmm. and I've been there where, you know, guys are, usually inherently don't want to ask for directions Mm -hmm. and I can't find it to, I can't find my way to the damn 
rep kiosk mm-hmm. and I just keep going down hallway to hallway. Uh, Thunderbird is one of those mm-hmm. where I would just get lost. Yeah. But if you just ask somebody mm-hmm. for directions, point in the right direction. they'll put you there. And so don't be afraid to ask. Mm-hmm. So Matt, what about some final words for those um, that are just trying to move up fast in this industry, go from an associate rep to a rep role quickly um, or just to break into this industry in general? Yeah. I mean, I, I think kind of my final words would just be to kind of circle it all back to, to the work ethic. Like, you know, this industry is not for the faint of heart. It's a lot of long hours. Uh, it's a lot of uh, sacrifices, you know, for your, from your personal life. Um, there's, there's been countless times where I've gotten calls, you know, when I'm either planning on doing something fun on a Saturday night or, or uh, it's Sunday and I realize I screwed up and Friday I forgot to set something. And, and now my case is on Monday and, and it needs to be done. Um, so I've had, I've had to, um, you know, miss out on a lot of things too. So, so you, you have to understand that that comes with the territory, right? Um, and if you accept that and, and you're excited by that, um, and you, and you want to work hard, you're going to do just fine. So, yeah. I love that, man. So thank you so much, Matt, for coming on. Of course, this was a blast. I'm going to leave you as I will after every episode with a very sincere thank you for tuning in and a few words to carry along with you for the rest of the day. The same boiling water that softens the potato hardens the egg. It's what you're made of that matters, not the circumstances.